is in the know for Wednesday, August 9, the 221st day of 2023. There are 144 days left in the year. Good morning, MV. Guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com. Via the Apple and Android smartphone app. Using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Plus, we will be asking, where's Quacky for day number three? It'll be your chance to win. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up today here on in the no he is a five-time winner of the coveted ohio news Hawk award he's the two-time silver sow nominee covering every corner of the globe london budapest rio tokyo and even litchfield he's sam gormley and the sports morning sam morning ralph how you doing good how are you not too bad. You look like a guy that woke up this morning and spent 60 seconds expressing how grateful you are. Did you do that when you woke up this morning? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Sure. I can tell. It looks like it. Uh, because as soon as you open your eyes in the morning, if you spend 60 seconds thinking of five things you're grateful for, grateful thoughts are proven to stimulate an increase in energy. So you have more energy through the whole day. The only thing I'm thinking about is five more minutes. <laughs> five more minutes. Well, you would be grateful for five more minutes of sleep. See, that would be something but you'd see, be grateful so then for. There, then, therefore, I'm not grateful because I don't get those five more minutes. Yeah, so then that turns into a lament, uh-huh. right? So 60 seconds of lamentations is what we end up doing. Over there in chair number two, we say good morning and welcome back on a Wednesday to Grayson County Extension Service Ag Agent, Miss Whitney Carmen. Morning. Morning. Good to see you. Welcome back. Glad to be here. You, uh... You look like a mom who just sent her kids off to school today. <laughs> I'm free. <No. laughs> a lot of Grayson County moms did that a week ago. Yes. But uh, for you Breck County moms, uh, back at it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, were everybody enthusiastic today? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I think more nervous for the older one because he started at a new school. Oh, yeah. That's always. he's a big yeah, boy. Big he's, chapter change. Yeah. Middle yeah. school? Yes. Ooh. He's the he's the little fish in the big pond again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a yeah, it's a it's an ocean full of people out there yeah. trying to <laughs> navigate those waters and and swim. The now if your experience is like ours, tomorrow morning there'll be a bunch of grumbling. Like, oh, I don't want to go to school today. Yeah. But like there's excitement on the first day and then by day number 2 is like uh we really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh this time last week when you were here, you were telling us about your farm to table event yes. that tickets were going your dinner yep. and tickets were going on sale this week. Mm-hmm. Have they gone on sale? Yeah, they yeah. are. In fact, they came in yesterday, so you are free to call or stop in and purchase your tickets. And we will have, like I said, it's 150 people, so our ticketed event for that, and we'll set aside some tickets for our sponsors. But you know, first come, first serve. So the date of the event? It is September the seventh. September the seventh. So really, right around the corner. It is. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Starting I, I pre- to stress a little. I predict the weather's going to be wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> well, for I it. will say this: if it does rain that day, we do have a backup plan for the extension office for it to be held inside. But we are we don't even have it on our calendar at our office because. We just know it's not going to rain. That's how confident you yes. are. You got to mm-hmm. you got to you got to think of it positively. Mm-hmm. If you think of it negatively, then uh, who knows what might what might happen? We're going to see a quiet morning, and we're going to see a more tumultuous uh, evening 
As we'll see some storms arrive throughout the day today, there is a possibility for some damaging winds. We could see some heavy rain. We could see some hail. Uh, That's a possibility across the region today. We'll see rounds of that again on Saturday and Sunday. But we'll see a chance of strong afternoon thunderstorms, 60% chance today, 87 is the high, 71 is the overnight low with some strong storms tonight, uh, 90% chance of that. And then morning thunderstorms tomorrow, high, high of 84. Rain chances really don't go down until about midday tomorrow. So just kind of expect there to be a significant chance of rain from early this afternoon until uh, noon tomorrow. And the way these storms work, you know, you might not get anything, mm-hmm. but you might get a considerable amount. So just be prepared for that. Uh, state police are investigating a fatal accident in Edmondson County. Troopers responded to the two-vehicle accident yesterday morning about 9 at the intersection of Wingfield Church Road and the Bridge Road at uh, about 10 miles southwest of Brownsville. A preliminary investigation showed a Camry being driven by 44-year-old Brenda Sefcik of Bowling Green turned left into the bridge road from Wingfield Church Road when Sefcik pulled into the path of a Pontiac being driven by 19-year-old Hannah Guess, also of Bowling Green. Guess's vehicle then traveled off the roadway, struck a tree, and she passed away from her injuries involved in that accident. A person has died after apparently slipping and falling at Shanty Hollow Lake in Warren County. The Warren County Sheriff's Office said deputies and multiple fire departments responded to the lake yesterday morning after a person was spotted between two large rocks, uh, not in the water. At the waterfall location on the hiking trail, the victim appeared to have fallen from the trail and was pronounced deceased. I didn't, I've didn't. i heard of Shanty Hollow Lake, but I was not aware of its location. Portions of it are in Edmondson County, mm-hmm. but it's primarily in Warren County, about 17 miles north of Bowling Green. You go 75, 17 miles north of Bowling Green, you're not you're, too far from Grayson County either. I was going to say, yeah. So um, it's where you know Butler, Grayson, and Edmondson all come together there uh, north of Warren County. But no identity of that victim there, but sad to report that news of the death yesterday. The Litchfield City Council met on Monday and resumed... An issue that they had tabled from a few weeks ago relative to the purchase of a new uh, ladder truck for the Litchfield Fire Department. They uh, received one loan bid related to the purchase of that new truck. Back uh, July 17th, Fire Chief Tim Duvall had approached the council about uh, their old truck that was uh, 35 years old and was having trouble passing inspection. And they were uh, lucky each year to get it inspected, but they're currently having issues with the hydraulics. They were looking for there are certain portions of it that won't function unless absolutely necessary because they're unsure about their viability. But the council did make the decision to uh, purchase a truck from Pierce Manufacturing for $1.4 million. The bid was accepted by the council and not really necessarily something that they said they wanted to do, but it's something that they need to do for the uh, safety, for properly equipping the department and for the safety of the citizens of Litchfield. So it will take a while for this truck. Um, April of 2025 is when um, the down payment is not due until the fire department receives delivery of the vehicle which would be April of 2025, so they have some time to find the funds of the $1.4 million. They might do grants. They might do bonds. They may do who, who knows how they will do, but um, they just kind of decided that it was in the best interest of, of everyone to mm-hmm. do it. Yes, and uh, I, I also read where I think the new truck takes the place of two trucks. It probably so does. It does the latter portion of it like mm-hmm. they want, but there's another truck that they're going to be able to retire or move to the training portion of the fleet 
So there might be some economies of scale there. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they won't, you know, when you got two trucks, one of them, each of them eventually has to be replaced. But if you can replace them both with one truck, then you seem to be in a better position going uh, forward, or at least it would make sense. A man caused Baptist Health Harden in Elizabethtown to go on lockdown yesterday afternoon. The EPD said shortly before 4 o'clock this afternoon they were called to the uh, area of Baptist Health Harden in reference to a potentially suicidal and homicidal adult male. Uh, Hospital staff, out of an abundance of caution, immediately implemented their lockdown procedures. Officers uh, on the scene made contact with the person in question and determined he was unarmed, and in no time did he present a threat to any staff member or patient. The adult male was determined to be of diminished capacity. He was evaluated and stabilized. Anytime you're in a building that goes on lockdown, it's uh, going to be a scary situation. Town Square Mall, we told you this time yesterday, Town Square Mall in Owensboro, after 45 years of service, will be closing on September 5th. The spokesperson for the owner, uh, it's a Gulfstream Enterprises is the company, Ed Ray is his name, and he said... The, there are just 10 stores remaining in that mall, and it basically is too expensive to heat and cool all of the space that isn't being used. Now, I did not know until this morning that there's a little bit of a backstory on this. What was going to save that mall was Churchill Downs because Churchill Downs in waiting, they were basically going to do what they've done in Bowling Green with the mint mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. similar to that, and they were going to go into that mall. Well, they had signed an option on the lease, so uh, this will maintain viability for this building for a while. But where they got down into the weeds with the city is the city wouldn't sign off and allow the smoking in the building because you're going to find very few casinos. There are some in Las Vegas that are non-smoking, and I assume there are some around the country that are non-smoking as in well. Ohio. Uh, in Ohio. In Ohio, are. you're not allowed to smoke in public. Gotcha. It, well, and, and in the city of Owensboro, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to smoke indoors, but Churchill Downs thought they could come in and leverage and say, hey, um, you know, this will be economic driver for your community. The city said no, so they went out into the county and arranged to buy a facility there and got outside of Owensboro where they could, yeah. they thought it would be more that. favorable. So, so I wonder what will happen. With that, I mean, that's a pretty massive building right there on that. Yeah, they're going to repurpose. They've got different things in mind for like a portion of it. The Sears location had been rezoned for light industrial. They were going to convert some of it into office spaces. And so it'll just get mixed use okay. uh, for what cool it will be. They could figure out ways to make like apartments in there or something or, yeah. or, or condos think, or think something that a, would be. I think there's a good cool chance that be? of that. Yeah, where do you live? I live in the old mall. Like, yeah. yeah, I live in the Macy's Home Goods Department. Yeah. You know what used to be there. So KB uh, Toys, you could live there. You could you could live, live there. They, there's a fitness, you know, one of those large-scale fitness centers going in there and all that so the the building it's the worst case scenario is empty buildings in communities like mm-hmm. that and at least it looks like there will be it just won't be the mall i was gonna say se. that's a pretty significant part of down or the downtown area i mean that's pretty built up right around there there's so. a similar way like if you remember in the final days of the executive inn down there that's one of the mm-hmm. great things about the executive inn is that lower area had uh, offices that had retail shops and a barber shop in there, and so it was. An air- but then, when when the mall was built or other areas, and they started moving out of there, if you went mm-hmm. into the executive inn and you went downstairs, it was just sort of sad. Yeah, because it was nobody was there anymore, and it was just from a bygone era. Well, that's kind of what's happening with this mall. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there are other malls in uh, you know within uh, 
stone's throw of our community <laughs> that are that are like that. So they're uh-huh. they're all going to have to find ways to uh, find there, ways to there survive. There are many moles that aren't like that. Well, yes, when, that's right. Yeah, when yeah. I knew that, yeah, I think about Lexington when I lived there and how Hamburg kind of took over. I mean, of course, Lexington still has a pretty significant mall and functioning mm-hmm. mall, but I, thought, you know, gone are those days. They're coming sooner than we think that you know the malls are just not going to exist anymore think about how many kids aren't going to get dropped off at the mall no. any, any longer <laughs> i think the, the fayette mall there in lexington i don't even think they're i think that's against their rules now mm-hmm. i think you have to be that's like you 16 have to be 16 or, or, i yeah, think yeah, i saw yeah, a sign like there the last time we were there that said you're you can't you have to be accompanied by an adult until you're 16 because well, like everybody that. knows 16 year olds behave oh yeah so yes. that's that's good uh, I did get to go back yesterday. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but I went back and watched a condensed version of uh, Fancy Farm. So uh, I used KET. They went out and basically extracted all the zingers from everybody that spoke. <laughs> and one of the my takeaway was I, I regret that Fancy Farm has gotten to the point where no matter who is speaking, there is a cacophony of people in the crowd that are chanting loud enough that you can't focus on what the person is saying, even if you disagree with what mm-hmm. the person is saying. So I understand the passion of the event, but it's gotten to a point where it's almost counterproductive because of the just the, the yelling and the screaming. But you see the zingers and the backs and the forths and the it, it, the governor's race got uh, the the governor did what he needed to do. He kind of ran on his record, and incumbents typically do that. Outsiders often need to challenge and become more rah-rah and politically motivated. But the messaging that you've seen from the Bashir campaign recently has been to not cede some of these cultural uh, issues automatically to the GOP side of the ticket. And one of the things that has been at the center of this is this: it's the outgrowth of Senate Bill 150, What the legislature did, it's basically trans-oriented, and the governor has said, I've never been in support for trans surgeries for minors, and he said, and and he says specifically in his commercial, he said, in fact, those don't happen in Kentucky. Well, when I heard that, I thought, well, that's probably a good message to send if they Mm -hmm. don't happen in Kentucky, then that's important to tell. Well, somebody went and found a letter that went to a lawmaker from the University of Kentucky, and you'll have to decide whether it's a semantics issue or whether the governor is inaccurate. There is a clinic, the Transform Health at UK, that says in recent years they have performed a small number of non-genital gender reassignment surgeries on minors, such as mastectomies for older adolescents. Now, I don't know. that de- You'll have to decide whether... That is gender reassignment, or it isn't gender reassignment. But they did go on to say on the um, the more severe or the more drastic reassignments that those really are not are not happening. And, in fact, they're happening in the country very rarely. My idea of rarely and your idea of rarely may be different. And that's why it's such a cloudy, confusing issue. But the back and forth, you know, this is just what this side says this, and then this side says the other. So I don't know if it's important to you or not, but there's the information. Good news on Kentucky's side. Their tourism industry bounced back from the, uh, our tourism industry bounced back from the pandemic to post its best year on record in 2022, generating an economic impact of nearly $13 billion. The number of travelers visiting the Bluegrass State last year and the amounts they spent surpassed pre-pandemic levels as guests flocked to attractions. Attractions included the renowned horse farms, bourbon distilleries, outdoor adventure, history, art, and cultural draws. 
and of course Mammoth Cave. Bur- bourbon tourism also reached new heights last year in Kentucky. No that'll, signs. That only keep on getting yeah, up too. Yeah, no signs of the bourbon industry slowing down. You always hear the people in that industry that say, "When times are good, people drink. When times are bad, people drink." Yeah, it's just for two completely different reasons. But it is a huge export around the globe for Kentucky. And Whitney, you and I were just talking about UK's dedication mm-hmm. to the bourbon mm-hmm. industry. I saw the big James, uh, Be- James Beam, Beam James T. Beam Distillery. Mm-hmm. So even UK has a new bourbon program on campus. Mm-hmm. So, and that's been coming for several years. They've seen that. And I do think that the interesting part about that is they are working with other areas in within the college because it, it, it is part of the College of Agriculture, Food and Environment, mm-hmm. but it, it, the the Gatton College of Food and Environment. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, let's not forget that. But that is it encompasses even forestry, grains, um, the economic development side of that because I mean they all play a part in that economic uh, industry. Well, your people are creating the raw materials yes. that are going into and then the you know, forestry for the casks and mm-hmm. the the wheat and the you know all the all the grains that are needed and then you mentioned environment one of the things that makes Kentucky such a great area for bourbon is the limestone is the, the you know the limestone and the water the way the water is filtered through the limestone in Kentucky and it makes it ideal for making bourbon and so all those things come together to create this huge economic driver around the globe for the state and I, I i'm blessed to have it and i'll be i'll be interested to see how they work um in the next several years because we talk about you know they have to have the wooden oak staves and you know our oak population is kind of sort of on the decline and they take a long time mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. so how are they going to work on repurposing some of that i'll be interested to see what comes out of that yeah do you envision do you see other uh, post-secondary uh, institutions implementing bourbon programs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I do. I, mean, think I think, U-A-Vale, will have one, I you think, think U-A-Vale has something think? in the works, and then I do. I believe that there will be other areas as I well. Mean, it would make sense. I mean, Louisville is just a bedroom community to Bardstown. Mm-hmm. Where the, you know, yeah. Louisville's a suburb to Bardstown in bourbon <laughs> country, so it would make sense. Yeah. Louisville has Bardstown Road. It takes all the people from Louisville to Bardstown, so yes. it makes sense. The Citizen Foster Care Review Board in uh, 67 counties needs more volunteers. More than half of Kentucky's 120 counties are needing volunteers to review the cases of local children in foster care and make recommendations. If you are in Butler, Grayson, Hardin, Ohio, or Warren counties, you are needed. And uh, if you're interested in, you can research on how to do that, but you need to do a background check, et cetera. And so you just kind of help be an extension of the uh, court system to review those cases and decide uh, some of the decisions, uh, make recommendations to those that make those final decisions. We've been following the ACC, the demise of the Pac-12, and the ACC going on a exploratory mission to maybe bring Cal and Stanford. In the last 24 hours, we have learned that possibly ACC is eyeing SMU, Southern Methodist University. Is that because bringing Cal and Stanford gives them an odd number and they need to round that out, or do they just want SMU for other reasons? Anybody know? Mm. I, I, I don't. I just don't understand. Uh, yeah. I, here's why they want SMU. Is where is SMU? Is it in Dallas? It's in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. So it's one TV of the biggest market. TV markets. They want the TV Dallas. market. That, that's what. It and is. see, I think there's a lot of people that they don't realize that they don't take that into account. 
you know, because you talk about it, why are we taking a California team and trying to put it in the ACC? Well, look at that market, you know. Well, and then it opens up the California teams. Is those California teams play at ten o'clock at night, and then that puts the ACC on television in the night mm-hmm. window when people are up wanting to bet, wanting to do something. They're going to watch it, and and that's the reason why they're doing it. Not As me. we said yesterday, <laughs> nothing says eight, nothing says the Atlantic Coast like California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, and I agree with Sam. I heard him say yesterday that here in the next few years, I don't think that a lot of these are going to exist. You're going to have two or three big conferences, and that's this. That's it. You have the North and the South. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, I mean, take the, a, take some advice uh, from uh, the NFL. Uh, I guess above the Mason Dixon line mm-hmm. and below the Mason Dixon line. Uh, speaking of uh, conferences and sports, and SMU is nearby TCU. Mm-hmm. And have you seen TCU's new freshman called Big Bubba? No. Yeah, his name is Breon Ramsey Brooks, and he is 455 pounds. He is a freshman. What's his 40? And um, <laughs> four six. <laughs> 27 minutes. <laughs> well, he's also like six seven in me. Yeah, six he's, foot five, 455 pounds. I thought Dion Walker at Kentucky was big. Yeah. But uh, this guy, wow. Yeah. Ooh, 455 pounds. Wonder what his playing weight's going to be. <laughs> I don't know. 455. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Whitney Carmen's our guest co-host today. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is Book Lovers Day. Today is Hand Holding Day. Today is Rice Pudding Day. I, I don't know what rice pudding tastes like. I don't know that I've ever it's had it. sweet, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But I don't know. I'm sure I've had it, but I couldn't tell you when or where. But, I, it, st- but it's bland. It doesn't. Get that, Natalie on the phone. I'm yeah, sure she can make us some right. I don't really know that Natalie knows or has had it either. <laughs> well, she, but she's, she's still she, an expert on she's, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah she Family is. and consumer sciences she agent. Is. She knows everything about all foods. Yep. Um, She's more of an expert than me. There's you, no question about You that. know about all the things that make the foods. Mm-hmm. And um, she knows about all the foods. Dy- dynamic duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want any rice pudding. I just. Mm. I, w- I would try it. But, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to, to go grab what's, it. What's the difference in that and tapioca? Good. Very good question. Yeah. Again, okay. I guess we need to talk to Natalie. <laughs> I'll ask her when I get but back. But I think here's everything we need to know about rice pudding. The fact that there are no restaurants that have it on the menu tells you. I think should be the lesson we need to Ooh. take away. Rice pudding is creamier and smoother than tapioca pudding. Tapioca pudding has a rubbery texture because the extraction occurs from a root. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Again, yeah. It, again, you you go to my, no rice restaurants. Rice pudding is milk, rice, and a sweet something. It, and a sweetener, I guess. Welcome to my restaurant. Yeah. Oh, really? What's your specialty? We make a really good rice pudding. Like I've never, I've never heard anyone <laughs> bread say pudding. That, so I, I thought of bread I've, pudding. I've heard yeah. of bread pudding. You know, I've had bread pudding, and it's mm-hmm. okay. But now I don't sell out for bread pudding like a lot of Kentuckians do. Banana I pudding. Do I like bread pudding. Not banana pudding. Yeah, I'm with you there. No, thank you. Uh, I think uh, Jefferson County back to school today. Mm-hmm. Breckenridge County back to school today. Um. Edmondson County, the twenty second. Still, I think another another week or so for them. A lot of teachers have their classrooms set up already. Uh, Sam, you spent some time in the schools um, in the Grayson County schools in the last few days. 
All of them. I don't know that uh, I, I don't I can't say this is this is the way that it is in Grayson County entirely. But I know around the country, here are some things that you might be surprised to learn that teachers have to buy for their classrooms. I'm not sure there's anything on this list that would surprise me. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. being the yeah. son of an educator, you've you know you've seen the list and you've probably been on the shopping trips where it all gets thrown into the oh, cart. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that there was one, and I don't even remember what office supply store they would do. Like the week before school started, they would do penny days. And each day would be like a penny for educators. And you could go and it would be like index cards were a penny. Mm-hmm. And you could get up to 50 or something. So I remember that we'd, we'd have to, that week, we'd have to go every single day and swipe in, count up all the index cards or the markers or whatever it was. Maybe from this list, it will give you some ideas that if you're looking to do something nice, for an educator or a teacher or things that, I mean, there's nothing more insulting than you want them to buy things for themselves and they would enjoy and earn a living, but then they have to take what what they're earning to feed their family and they're having to go, you know, do that to use for the benefit of your child. So there's something about that that doesn't seem exactly right. But then on the other side, I also say, why aren't we equipping our teachers properly with the things that they, the things that they need? So, again, I don't know what it's like in our system. I know that educators have to buy some things for themselves, but um, cleaning supplies, uh, storage bins, decor items, snacks for students, plastic baggies, Legos, popsicle sticks, rubber bands, glue, crayons, markers, stickers, sticky notes, folders, poster board, clipboards, a broom and dustpan, a whiteboard, doorsteps, doorstops. Yeah, you hold the door open with those that things. One- Almost surprised. I guess that's probably one of those things that the teacher that's in that room just leaves it behind after once it's been purchased. Flashcards, yeah. um, paint, paint brushes, iPad chargers, a rug, copy paper, staples, staple remover, paper towels, etc. So those are all things that yeah, maybe your, me your teacher list. would yeah, benefit send, from. Send your teacher an email and say, hey, what supplies do you need? And I'm sure they will gladly hand over a list. To you. The other thing, too, if you're cleaning out an office or you've got stuff that you shove in an office closet somewhere that you don't need, then, like, I, I, I clean something out. I found the biggest supply of, like, notepads. Like, it was a 30-pound box of notepads that the missus had stored away somewhere. I'm like, what do you need with all these notepads? Well, there was a good deal. Okay. Maybe they were a penny. <laughs> Maybe they were. We've been talking, and from time to time we talk about all the varying parenting trends and how when I was a kid, all these things happened, but we just didn't have fancy labels for them like helicopter parenting and um, and uh, lawnmower parenting. So the newest parenting trend explained, again, it's not a new trend, but it is tr- explained being differently, are called bedroom parents. So I recall when I was growing up that we didn't hang out in my parents' bedroom all the time. Like it was, that was, that was their space. That's where they went. You had your own room. If you want to hang out in your own room, you did that. Now, what this is being described is our bedroom parents. These are people that don't stay in the common part of the house. They just go to their room to be away from all the kids. And that's not the way it was when I was growing up. And so there's a difference between there's a uh, they're calling it's a difference between bedroom parents and living room parents. You got the parents that come home, don't come in our bedroom, don't you know, you have to ask permission to cross the threshold of the door, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then 
they're saying you make need to make sure you spend adequate amount of time in the common areas of the house so you don't appear like you're just hiding in your cave or your dungeon all the time. So good if you are. <laughs> I Sometimes we, you just need see, to go yeah. there. Now, I don't I am a living room parent whenever we're home, but I don't I go to when it's time for bed, that's when I go to bed. I don't spend any other time in there. And I guess I'm one of the weird ones that does that, but I just you know, you're a ballpark parent. <laughs> I am. That's what. I... <laughs> <laughs> At least for a couple more months. One right? of these days, I'll tell you the story about Silas saying that he wanted to go home, but what he meant was he wanted to go to the ballpark. Because <laughs> uh, well, I want to go home. Mm, I want to like, go well, home. That's a sign. You but, probably spend more time there than home. Oh, most? one thousand percent. That yes. can happen. <laughs> uh, Silas is what age? He's two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. So his vocabulary is, I'm sure, broadening every day. Oh, full sentences. Right. Whether um, we like them or not. Yeah, he's learning learning new words every day. This uh, speech expert is talking about what uh, what and what not to do with toddlers. So we go through that phrase where kids are learning the, their vocabulary. And a toddler speech expert wants you to stop doing these three things ASAP. The first mistake is repeatedly telling your toddler, say mama or say dada. Mm. You know, say dada, dada, say mama. Talk about dialing up the pressure. It says your child is much less likely to say a word when you're demanding it of them. That really never changes. <laughs> no matter how old your no, kids get. No, just ask my 12-year-old. <laughs> That's right. Said instead, you should regularly and consistently model the word you want your toddler to use. Mama loves you. Mama's going to change your shirt. Uh, Mama has fixed your dinner. I think I or, do that. I know someone who definitely does that. Yeah. Um, mm. I do that. Oh. The second, so so you're doing it the right way. But I mean, yeah, I'll say, uh, mom, or, uh, I don't know, like mom needs to change your shirt. Let's go put your clothes on. Let's. It's time to do this. And I, I mean, I don't do it as much as I used to, but now I just tell him and we talk. We have normal conversations. Sure, but that, but here's what's happened. You you've done that with all three of your children, and they have been in close enough succession with one another. You started it with Jackson. Mm-hmm. And you've just never stopped because you've always had someone around that age yes. where that parenting technique mm-hmm. was effective. And so it's, as it turns out to, you just do it for everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> at some level. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. kind of referring to yourself in the third person. The second mistake to correct, no more baby talk. Research shows yeah. that this is bad for toddlers learning about language, but it's important to note that there's a difference between baby talk which is the purposeful misarticulation of sounds to sound like you're a small child, you know, that versus the sing-songy voice with lots of rise and fall in your intonation. You know, there are ways of saying things with the rise and fall that are not baby talk, but are designed to key, to key on certain words that make them effective. Child-directed speech is good and helps kids learn to talk. Baby talk is not I've never spoken I, baby talk. That's to a been child. a little. That's been out there for a little while because I don't know that I've ever really baby talked any of my kids. I guess that's maybe why they talk like they do. But mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. now, uh, Christy, she's one of those. If she gets a little baby, yeah, not like a little. If baby, she gets baby. a little baby, yeah. and she's oh, yeah. like that. But to kids, you know, when you're especially kids that you're trying to parent and mm-hmm. and model and. All of our children have are very articulate and they have great vocabularies, and it's because we speak to them using a vocabulary that they just soak up. Sometimes um, louder than others. Sometimes, <laughs> absolutely. And then finally, the third mistake is repeating single words your toddler says. So your baby says truck and you say truck. 
You've ended the conversation. So if the baby says truck, then say, because if you just say truck, the interaction is over. So you should say, you should build on it. Yes, truck, blue truck. Mm-hmm. You know, you add on to something. So they learn context words that go along with the word that they've already said. Yeah. So anyway, once again, that goes back to just talking to them in, in a normal, trying to carry on a, you know what I mean? Just trying to add on to that. I would like to think all these things are common sense, but it's not so common these days, if you've, if you've noticed. A new survey says young people are way more likely to stumble and fall when texting while walking. Can you just put people? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. I, th- I think it's because they, it's only, they're only more likely because more of them do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're the only ones that do it, but well, one, they're probably, younger people are probably walking more and they're clearly on their devices more. If you're younger than me, you're probably using your device more than someone who's older than me, but that doesn't mean I'm not using mine at all. But of of course, this makes this, this makes Oh, back to that common sense thing. <laughs> I will say too, somebody messaged us on Facebook about the rice pudding. Apparently if in the northern portion of the country, that's very common as something that you get when you're going out to eat. Really? At restaurants, and apparently it's either you usually choose between rice pudding or jello, and it's usually rice, milk, cinnamon, and uh, sweetener in there as well. And then you can also choose whether you want raisins in there. I have heard of the raisins in that, yeah, I, but I don't. I, I would have thought I was. I, I, I all you gotta do is look at me and know I've been, like in plenty of, in I've been in plenty of restaurants. Uh, and I presume I've been in plenty of Yankee restaurants, but I've never Michigan been Michigan is where with she the, said that she messaged us in, oh, in, in saying that in Michigan it's very common. Alicia probably, messaged and said probably that. those youpers, those youpers, <laughs> people from the Upper, upper Peninsula. Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a 102-year-old woman is still teaching babies to swim after more than 50 years. She said it makes me happy. A 102-year-old Oregonian has been teaching swim classes for over five decades and doesn't plan on slowing down anytime soon. Her name is Peggy Konzak. She is known throughout Roseburg for several te- teaching several generations of babies how to swim at the YMCA of Douglas County. Now, they're, one of the reasons that I really uh, latched onto this is, A, it's a great story. 102 years of age, she's still active. But then it said for 50 years. And I thought, well, she was my age when, when she, she taught her first swimming lesson. Mm-hmm. So, one, that was it's never too late to start learning something new. But then why at age 50 or 52 did she decide, I'm going to teach swimming lessons? Maybe she retired from her original Mm -hmm. job. Needed something something. to do. Maybe. It works. Mm -hmm. And then this story is troubling, perhaps because I don't know where it came from. A snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman mowing her yard. The bizarre incident didn't stop there. She was then attacked by a hawk. She was on her tractor mowing at her home in Silsby, uh, Texas, that's near Beaumont. Yesterday afternoon, she describes how suddenly a snake fell on her, wrapping around her arm. It was squeezing so hard, and I was waving my arm in the air. And then this hawk swooped down, clawing at my arm over and over, trying to get the snake. And she said, I just kept saying, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. I have a theory. Was the hawk holding the snake? I think the hawk probably had the snake. Dropped it. The snake dropped it. It has or to it, be the hawk dropped it, and it, it then has to it, be it. I just love that this is combining 
your, yours and Yukon's two of your least favorite things mm-hmm. in birds and birds snakes. And snakes. <laughs> the hawk <laughs> eventually ripped the snake off her arm and flew away with it. Jones thinks that the hawk came down on her at least four times trying to get the snake. She says blood was everywhere. Her husband heard the commotion and came running. He took her to the emergency room where she was treated for cuts from the hawk and bruising oh, the from the snake or squeezing them. Those story. hawks can rip you apart, too. Yes, Mercy. For those All right. I saved it for the last part of the segment today. we got to do day number three of Where's Quacky. Yesterday, Quacky was at Rough River Dam State Resort yep. Park Beach. I think uh, many people knew that including Shannon Davidson. Shannon Davidson was yesterday's winner, and she now has her own duck in the Ducking Hunger Regatta coming up on uh, Labor Day. Now we need to know on day number three, where is Quacky today? Where is Quacky today? Oh. I see that. Yeah. And I see one of those bricks that I am wondering if I know what the rest of that no. brick says. Yep, no, where that's at. Hmm. You do know where that is? I think I do. Mm, very good. All right. So over on our uh, Facebook page, you'll see this photo. You tell us where you think Quacky is. And don't forget to scan that QR code and help sponsor the Ducking Hunger Regatta. Got to get to a break. Got more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know Americans open their refrigerators 33 times a day on average? I now, Come on. with a family of five, is that 33 times per person, or do you no, think that's I think it's 33, 33 times total? Today. But yeah. I will say that whenever I was growing up and sort of, I don't know, something about just going to the refrigerator, that was my thing to do. Like, when I go visit my grandmother, which was usually every day because they lived right next to us, that was the first thing that I did was walk to her house, open the refrigerator door. Wasn't hungry, wasn't particularly looking for anything, but that was just the habit that we did. Does it still count if you do it at your own house? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's still a habit that I have. I just go to the refrigerator. See, I just go in there and wonder what happened in here while yeah. I was gone. Yeah. See, I'm probably vastly on the underside of that. I'm not even, I'm probably getting something to drink or whatever, yeah. you know, but it's still like open in there and like, kind of look around. Anything catch my eye in there? So mm-hmm. you don't know his name, but he has commanded you on the dance floor before DJ Casper. The creator of the cha-cha slide has gone on in past at age 58 years of age. He's a Chicago native. He lost his battle with cancer on Monday. It started as a hit in the clubs in 1998, and then it was so popular on, uh, I think it was in the Atlanta area. And then he recorded it, and now it's played I, at every wedding, everywhere. But I don't know that I've ever heard this version. Like, I haven't this, ever heard this version. I pulled the album, and he got, like, about five different remixes on there. So Yeah, I, I don't know good. that I've ever heard. Because, I mean, listen, you can't go to a middle school or a high school dance or wedding or you whatever. You can't go can't to hear. a mm-hmm. wedding. Uh-huh. I know it's, um, by the way, that was actually the radio edit. So the version you hear most of the time is your straightforward everybody. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The Reds will still play that at Great American Ballpark. You'll yep. hear that at times. It's but one of my dad's it, favorites. Isn't it funny, though? I bet you could line up a thousand people and one of them could tell you his name. Mm-hmm. Not I'd anybody be, else, yeah. But could maybe, you, I wouldn't maybe one. But everyone knows the song. So speaking of other people who are iconic in different ways... The Taylor Swift's Eras Tour has brought out a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. You've seen people from all different walks of life that go to the show. They take their kids. But this picture of Flavor Flav hugging Taylor Swift's parents at the Eras Tour concert, for some reason, 
makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, it's not that Flavor Flav wouldn't like Taylor Swift because mm-hmm. I hear that it's a, it's a, you know, a great, a great um, experience and a great show, the production value, et cetera. But just to see Flavor Flav run up and give Taylor Swift's parents hugs is just kind of. Do you think his her parents know who he me. is? That's the bigger question. Yeah, because I presume her parents are my age. Mm-hmm. So I would think there's a good chance. And, and Flavor Flav is just a little bit older than I am, probably not too much. Uh, obviously, he was, you know, of my teenage years. Uh, I think he was older, probably playing a little bit, a little bit younger. But uh, anyway, yeah. my Caroline got asked to um, if if she would be able to, if they were able to get tickets to go to Taylor Swift, if she could go with them, her cousin and who's older, and mm-hmm. they're all on the wait list right now. So oh, <laughs> doubt that's going to so. happen. How old do you think he is? I I think Flavor Flav is probably fifty eight, sixty, something like that. Sixty four. Sixty four. All right. So wow. he's older, but hey, you're never too you're never too old that. to wear this big clock around your neck. No, I just wouldn't. I mean, just, I, just, didn't, you know. You're not gonna. Yell at a yeah boy. Yeah, boy. Of course, you know. So anyway, uh, DJ Casper goes on in with the cha-cha slot. By the way, Cardi B's microphone that she threw, $100,000 on eBay is what it sold for. So there you go. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What is the best Tom Cruise movie? Of all the Tom Cruise movies... Which one is the best one? Well, we already know your answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was surprised. Mission Impossible, right? Mine, mine was not listed as number one. Uh, if I, I, go on. I would almost think Top Gun. That's what I would like for it to be, but it is not. You want me to be on it? I don't. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise guy. Well, you're not expected to be. I, and I know he's not my era, but mm-hmm. he's just like yeah. if you're giving me a list of. Of actors, he's not going to be in the top tier. Is it? Uh, what is the one where he's in? Is it? Is it? Is it a mission? Mission Impossible? It's, I bet it's one? not. No, it it's not. it's the. Uh, oh, the, what is the name of the movie? Jerry Maguire. Thank you. Oh, I'm just a guy trying to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that meme's been floating around lately. Yeah, it um, and it's good, and it's but it's one that sometimes I don't think of immediately because I clearly just go straight to. Top Gun, but Risky Business was That's also I was one of. Yeah. that um, he was. He, he was. I don't know what the equivalent would be to your age group, Sam, but he was the biggest box office draw of the nineteen eighties. Zac Efron, like for people yeah. that. Well, see, yeah, Zac Efron's more of like the pretty boy type, and I don't think Tom Cruise no. fits in that realm, does he? Because Tom Cruise oh, was yeah, Tom Cruise is totally pretty boy. Yeah. yeah, but but he's more of the Tom Cruise. It wasn't. I don't know who that. It, it wasn't necessarily be cool to be in touch with your feminine side like that in the eighties. You were still there was still a level of macho and that whole jets and things like that. Heartthrobs of the two thousands. Zac That's... Efron is is probably not a Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, but see, that's a different... He's not... He's Tom not Cruise was never man. on the Disney Channel. Yeah. You know, that was the... Tom Cruise did not come through the, the Disney Channel. The Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Joe Bros. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. The, uh, Just mentioning Tom Cruise and the Jonas Brothers in the same sentence. Fans and critics alike were run through the grinder here, and Jerry Maguire came out at one... Rain Man at two, love that one. Mission Impossible Fallout at three, Top Gun Maverick at four, 
and Magnolia at five. Well, you know, Rayman was filmed in Kentucky, right? Portions of it were, weren't in it? In Newport. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Risky no, Business is not on there. There's some others. I mean, he's got a. He's, he's in a, a lot catalog. of movies too, where he's a funny guy as but well. It was also easier. It was harder to know before the internet. It was hard to know how many actors were completely weird. Mm-hmm. Like he did a pretty. They did a really good job managing his image, and they also did a really good job managing his height. Until he got married, no one knew how <laughs> short he was mm-hmm. in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like he's, they, he's tiny, isn't yeah, he? He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's like my size. Yeah, I he's, think he's he's short. <clears throat> Not that there's anything wrong with it. No, Ben's has. Today's highlight in history, this date, 1974, Vice President Gerald Ford became the nation's 38th chief executive as President Nixon's resignation took effect. 5-7. 1934, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed an executive order nationalizing silver. Uh, Sharon Tate and four other people were found brutally slain in her Los Angeles home. The Manson clan was responsible this day in 1969 in the most gory scene of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino is where that is kind of reenacted. 1988, President Reagan nominated Lauro Cavazos to be Secretary of Education. He was the first Hispanic to serve the cabinet. Michael Phelps earned his 20th and 21st Olympic gold medals in Rio this date in 2016. And five years ago today, Vice President Mike Pence announced plans for a new separate U.S. Space Force as a sixth military service by 2020. I didn't know that Pence was the one who announced that. I thought that was the old Trumpster. But, all right. Sam Elliott is 79. Melanie Griffith is 66. Hoda Kotb is 59. Deion Sanders is 56. Anna Kendrick is 38. Gone but not forgotten. Whitney Houston, born this date in 1963. I'd like that you to throw in there a Cincinnati Red today for your birthdays. I didn't see it. Dion, Dion oh Sanders. Dion, of course, yeah. I don't, I don't. D- Dion it was so. Dion wore so many jerseys in so many different sports. <laughs> he did. I don't really associate this, him with one. He's team. got a pretty significant story about him being at the Reds, wasn't he? Was that when he kind of just was like he had almost he was really down. I don't know. There's yeah. a story he tells about being in a hotel in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know that I've heard that. I mean, not a, I know no, I heard he was a good, just... good teammate. I was listening to an interview with Dave Danny Graves about it. That he was or was he's not? No he Chris, was. He's no, no Chris oh, I would Sabo. imagine. Um, yeah, because apparently Deion Sanders gave Danny Graves the nickname the Babyface Assassin. Oh, okay. Which is a great, great baseball nickname. Charting to, uh, chart Dogs, 1948. The K. Kaiser Orchestra and Woody Woodpecker. You're welcome for the earworm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Was that one you watched growing up? Nah, it was kind of on the tail end. Woody Woodpecker was kind of on the way out was when it? we were coming of age, but watched it some, but it was an older cartoon. I hear the cotton. 1957, Debbie Reynolds, number one, with Tammy. Tammy. This is actually part of the Cook Ranch Music catalog. You know, a lot of artists are selling their catalogs to to publishing houses. Debbie Reynolds sold Tammy to uh, Cook Ranch Music. Mm. It's a fortune. <laughs> Summer in the City, Love and Spoonful, number one in 66. Come on, come on and dance all night. 
old Yukon. Let's get to one more. Oh, perfect. 1975, the Bee Gees. Right on cue for you, Tom. Best falsetto you could ever hope for. Because who doesn't like falsetto? If you don't like falsetto, you're un American. Jive Talker. State of Shock, the Jacksons in 84. Chattahoochee, Alan Jackson in 93. Pink, just like a pill in 02. Last Friday night, Katy Perry in 11. And Cardigan, Taylor Swift, number one three years ago today. Whitney, thanks for coming in. Yep, Good to see you. Um, don't forget if you uh, if you want to go to the farm to table dinner, you better get on it. Mm-hmm. Right, tickets are available now at the uh, extension office. MB's pearl of wisdom for today: Don't ever mistake my silence for ignorance, my calmness for acceptance, or my kindness for weakness. Don't ever mistake my silence for in- uh, for I- ignorance, my calmness for acceptance, or my kindness. For weakness, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Whitney Carmen, for Sam Gormley, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.